0: Welcome to the Hope City Church Podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Amen, amen, amen. All right, open your Bibles. If you got a Bible or some kind of Bible-y thing where you can look at, go with me to Proverbs chapter 4 is where we're going to start. And... Um, I want to talk to you about something that's really important we've talked about this before but it's a question that you need to ask yourself on a regular basis uh, and that question is how is your heart how's your heart um, if you've heard Jen talk about my dad at all a common question that my dad will ask multiple times to anybody he comes into counter with and he's talking about life and he's, he'll ask you he'll say how's your heart today how's your heart And I want you, as we talk and as we look at some scriptures today, I want you to think about your heart. And I want you to ask yourself how is my heart? How are things inside of me? How's my heart doing? There's something called sclerocardia, sclerocardia, and that is the hardening of the heart the hardening of the heart muscles and the veins inside of it. And we don't want to have sclerocardia in our life. We don't want to have it physically, obviously, but we don't want to have it inside of us. We want to be people that are soft-hearted. We want to be people that are open to what God says and do, does and what God wants to work in us and through us, amen? And it's hard to do that if you go through life and your heart is hard. You're like, well, what are you talking about? What do you, what do you mean my heart is hard? Well, you know, like when you see things, when you see people on the street or you encounter people and you have conversations. And and if you look at Jesus in the New Testament, there's a common phrase that you will see over and over again. And it says that Jesus was touched with the feeling of their infirmity. Have you ever read that? Oh, three people have read that scripture. Well, for those of you who haven't read it, you'll find if you go read the Gospels and man... I encourage you to read your Bible at breakfast, at lunch, at dinner, before you go to bed, before you watch Netflix, before you check TikTok, before you look at Instagram, or, or for all you older people who love Facebook, before you look at Facebook, I encourage you and I challenge you, crack Open the Word of God, because let me say this to you, ain't no Facebook feed, ain't no Instagram post, ain't no viral video on TikTok going to change you the way that Jesus can. So read your Bibles. And so if you open your Bibles and you look and you look at the stories about Jesus, you will see that Jesus was often out ministering and he would often come into counters with people. And the Bible says that he was touched with the feeling of their infirmity. Now, let me tell you something. You can't be touched with the feeling of infirmity for somebody. You can't be touched with compassion for somebody if you have a hard heart because those feelings bounce off your heart. And so Proverbs chapter four, did I tell you to go here? Did I say go to Proverbs chapter four? Okay, Proverbs chapter four, verse 23 is where we're gonna start. And um, I'm so sorry, Uh, Jaden, can you grab my phone? It's, It's right beside Marco there. I just wanna read a scripture from the Passion Translation as well. But Proverbs chapter four, thanks my friend. Proverbs chapter four, verse 23 says this. Guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart above all else because it determines the course of your life. Now, if you look up those words in the Greek, it means exactly what it says. That word guard means to guard things, like vigilantly protect and maintain and keep it. Keep it separated so that uh, bad things don't get inside and ruin it. It means guard your heart. When it says above all else, it really means above everything else. Guards your heart. I was thinking about, remember Capture the Flag? Two people remember Capture the Flag? <laughs> How, who loves Capture the Flag? I love. When I was in grade school and middle school and youth group and even young adults, even today, if I could find a way, I would go play Capture the Flag. It's just an amazing game. And it's even better at nighttime. Who loves Capture the Flag at night? Oh, it's so exciting. Garrett, do you, you remember Capture the Flag? You don't remember Capture the <sighs> Lil, you don't know what Capture the Flag is? Oh, Jeff, do you? Okay, okay. my my sweet, sweet mother-in-law remembers Capture the Flag is a game where you divide into two teams and there's a line in the middle. And then, in some way, you have a flag. So when we were in middle school, and elementary school, you would take the hula hoop. Remember, who remembers taking the hula hoop at, at grade school? And you take the hula hoop, and you'd put the bean bag. Remember the bean bag? And the bean bag was your flag. And you'd put it on one end of the field. And each team had one. And then you would say, go. Now, there was an imaginary line. And on this side of the line, if this was your team, then this, you were like free. And you could, you could run wherever you wanted. Nobody could touch you. Nobody could tackle you. But as soon as you could cross that line, you were in enemy territory. And then what your goal was to run across the territory, the enemy territory, grab their flag, steal it from them, and run back across your line as fast as you could. Now, when you get older, it gets more complicated, and people get more stealthy and more aggressive, and you move away from the hula hoop and the beanbag to like flags or like little streamers that are hidden in trees. But the point is, is you have a flag on each team. Now, When you're playing capture the flag, you really wanna guard that flag with everything because if you lose your flag and those people who steal your flag get across the line of the enemy territory, then they're home free and you've lost the game. And as I was thinking about this scripture, as I was reading the scripture, I was thinking about guarding your heart above all else because like in Capture the Flag, when you would play Capture the Flag, you would guard this hula hoop. And when we were like in grade school, I used to go to Atchlitz Elementary. Does anybody know where Atchlitz Elementary is at out in Chilliwack? My son does because I keep pointing it out to him every time we drive past. (laughs) I'm turning into that guy. (laughs) Son, I used to go to school here. I know, you show me every time we drive past you would have the hula hoop right here and you thought you were so smart if you were the guard because you would just stand like around it like this. And then you'd wait for people to come and then you would do like the proverbial dance around the hula hoop. You know, like the person is trying to steal a hula hoop, they think, well, I'm gonna run this way. And so you're like, like a crab walk around the hula hoop and you're swiping at each other and that's what happens. But that's the idea when it says guard your heart above all else, you need to guard your heart and protect it like you're guarding that flag and capture the flag. You're down here. You're ready to go. You got your hand stretched out. Like when you're playing basketball and you're on defense and you're ready to go, you stretch apart and you put your hands out and you're watching the ball and you're defending it. He says, guard your heart above all else. Let me read this to you in the Passion Translation, if that's okay. Are you still with me? Praise Jesus. Guard your heart. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 in the Passion says it this way. So above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from it there flows the wellspring of life. Let's read it one more time. Above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. I love that phrase where it says, pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being. See, we live in a day and age where most people pay attention to the outer self, how you look on the outside, how you present yourself to people, what people think of you. But here, Solomon, who wrote Proverbs, is writing and he says, pay attention to the innermost part of who you are. Pay attention to who you really are deep down inside because that affects all you are. Guards your heart above everything else because it directs your life. Let's go to Matthew chapter 12. We're gonna talk about this just for a few minutes. and I'm believing God that, that he wants to do some work in our hearts today. Some softening of hearts, some restoring of hearts, reminding us of who we're supposed to be, what our life is supposed to look like, and what really matters at the end of the day. Guard your heart above everything else. Matthew chapter 12, Jesus is talking, and we're going to pick up in verse 33. And it says, a tree's identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, its fruit's gonna be good. If a tree's bad, its fruit will be bad. You brood of snakes, how could evil men like you speak what is good and right? Now, here's what we need to look at. For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. Whatever is in your heart determines what you say. So Solomon said, guard your heart because it determines your life. And Jesus is speaking. Now he says, whatever is inside your heart, whatever is in there comes out. It determines the words you say. Proverbs chapter 27 verse 3 says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. What you think about defines you. It determines who you are. Now, Jesus is saying, whatever's in your heart comes out. That's why you can sit back and listen to people and just let them talk and you can see what kind of person they are. You can see who they are on the inside. People can say, oh, this is who I am. This is what I love doing. This is what I believe in. This is my life's goal. But if you just sit back and listen to the words, you will really find out who they really are, right? Whatever's inside of you determines your words. He says, sorry, my page has flipped over. Whatever's in your heart determines what you say. So whatever you allow inside of you, whatever you allow inside of your innermost being, like it said in the Passion Translation, it determines the words that are going to come out of you. Now, why is that important? Why is it important about the words that you say? Why is it important about what you let in your heart and then in turn, once you've let it in your heart, begins to come out of you? Why is that important? Well, that's a great question. I'm so glad you asked it. I'm so glad you want to know this. Go with me to uh, Proverbs. Back to Proverbs. So we got to guard our heart because out of our heart we say things. Whatever's in our heart comes out of us. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 21 says this. The tongue can bring death or life and those who love to talk will reap the consequences. The New King James says it this way. Death and life are in the power of your tongue. So Solomon said in Proverbs, guard your heart because it determines your life, determines who you are. Jesus says, what you allow in your heart comes out. And now we're seeing here that it says, there is power in your words your words affect your future your words affect your destiny the things that you let inside of you and then in turn once they've got inside of you they found a home inside of you they've they've gone inside pat they've made a home inside of him and the things that pat allows in his heart makes a home and it determines who pat becomes as a person and once it's in there and made a home guess what happens Those things that are inside of his heart, deep down in there, those things that he really believes and he really thinks out, those things begin to come out. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? And then it says here back in Proverbs that your words have power, that death and life are in the power of your tongue, of your words. And you know this as well as I do. You can talk to people and you can bring life to them. You can encourage them. You can bring exhortation. You can say such great things to them to build them up. Or you can turn around and just tear people down. You can tell them what you really think of their haircut. You can tell them how dumb they look in those pants or wearing those shoes or what you think about that song they wrote or how you think that, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. You can say all those terrible things and you can bring death, right? Your words have power to them. And let's look at a really good example of words that have power. So why don't we go back to the very beginning of Genesis chapter 1. And if you can't find Genesis chapter 1, I don't know what to say. <laughs> it is the very beginning. The very beginning. So guard your heart, because it determines who you are. And then what gets inside of you, Jesus said, comes out of you. And the things that come out of you, the words that you say, have the ability to bring death or they have the ability to bring life. Have you ever experienced, have you ever experienced somebody speaking to you and it just brought joy and life and built you up and you just felt like, good Lord, this is amazing. I feel so good. This person is just speaking to me right now, and they are encouraging me. And I feel like I could take on the world. And they see things in me that I never thought I could see. They're saying things that I could do that I never thought I could do. I'm gonna go, and these people are gonna help me write a book, and my story's gonna go around the world. Or, you know, they're just they're speaking life to you, and it builds you up. And and who's had people just tear them down? I really feel like there should be more hands up. <laughs> I mean, if we're being honest today. And how does, it just feels terrible, doesn't it? You leave and you leave that conversation and you leave that place and you feel bad about yourself and you feel like a terrible person. You begin to doubt and question all these things in your life. You begin to doubt and like, is this who I really am? Do people really see me this way? And am am I really useless? Am I really worthless? Would it it be better if I was just gone and and nobody ever had to see and deal with me again? You allow these things inside of you. Death and life are in the power of your words. Now back in Genesis Let's look at this. Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. This Bible is not staying open. In verse 1, it says this. Let's just start at 1. Let's just start at 1. Let's just get a running start. Genesis 1.1, the very beginning. I hope you are there with me. It says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and empty, and the darkness covered the, the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Can we just stop for a second and remind ourselves that no matter where you find yourself, no matter how dark and no matter how deep a hole you're in, that the Spirit of God is there with you. And even at the very beginning when the the earth was formless and void, the Spirit of God was there. And I want to tell you something else. Before you ever were created, before these trees were created, before this earth was created, before anything you can think about was created, God was there. And let me tell you this, he's going to be there long after all this is done, and we're going to be there with him, and it's going to be a great time because God is a big God, and he is all over the place, and he's everywhere, and he's thinking about you all the time. So, the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Verse 3 says, Then God said, Let there be light. And the next four words in my Bible say, And there was light. Verse 6 said, then God said, let there be space between the waters to separate the waters of heaven from the waters of the earth. And verse 7 says, and this is what happened. Then God said in verse number 9, let the waters beneath the sky flow together into one place so dry ground may appear. And that is what happened. Verse 11 says, Then God said, Let the land sprout vegetation, every kind of seed bearing plant, and trees that grow seed bearing fruit. This, these seeds will then produce the kinds of plants and trees from which they came. And this is what happened. Verse 14 says, Then God said, Let lights appear in the sky to separate the day from the night. Let them be signs to mark the seasons, days, and years. Let these lights in the sky shine down on the earth. And that is what happened. Okay, okay. Verse 24, then God said, let the earth produce every sort of animal, each producing offspring of the same kind, livestock, small animals that scurry along the ground and wild animals. And this is what happened. God spoke it. God said it and it happened and let me tell you this your words with the Spirit of God when you can speak you speak life into your future you can build your future with the Spirit of God when God says something to you and you begin to say it out with the Spirit of God you are building your future your words have power what you allow inside of you comes out that's why you've got to guard your heart because you can let bad things in your heart you can let bad feelings in your heart you can harden your heart and close it off and then the things of the world get inside of there and then that's what begins to come out. And then you begin to talk about those things because your heart is hard and cold and you've turned away from the things of God and you say, I don't want these in my life. And you let those things that have found a way, those hurts, those emotions, those those bad thoughts, you've allowed them inside of you and they begin to come out. And then as they begin to come out, you begin to say those things into your life. What gets inside of you comes out of you. Guards your heart because your words have power death and life are in the power of your tongues so maybe you're struggling in your marriage you need to get the Word of God inside of you you need to think about what Jesus thinks about your marriage and you need to begin to say what he says about your marriage maybe you got problems in your body we need to go look and see what the Bible says about being healed by his stripes you are healed and you get that deep down inside of you and you begin to say those things over and over again maybe your thoughts are out of control maybe you can't control the thoughts that are coming in and they're terrible wicked bad thoughts and they're from the enemy what do you need to do you need to get the word of God on the inside of you you need to begin to say what God says about you you gotta guard your heart above all these things above everything else I love how it says in the New New Living Translation guard your heart above all else And it really does mean above everything else, guard your heart, protect it, keep it safe. Puppy guard it, stay in front of it so nobody can get a clear shot at it because what gets inside of you is what comes out of you. And your words have power. If you're not seeing the things that you wanna see in your life, if things don't look the way that you want them to look, then you need to begin to say what the word of God says about those situations. And that only comes from you knowing what the word of God says about your situations. That only comes from you finding yourself in the Bible. That only comes from you opening. Ain't nobody on TikTok going to tell you what to say. Ain't no, ain't no internet preacher going to help you in the darkest part of your life because they're only on the internet. You've got to get the word of God inside of you. And so when you're facing those situations, you know what to say. And those things begin to come out of you because they have found a home in your heart. Now, how do you protect your heart? How do you guard your heart? Well, one of the greatest gateways of things into your heart, of things finding a home in your heart, is through your thoughts is the thoughts that you dwell on, the thoughts that you allow to come into your mind and you think about them, you indulge yourself in them, you let them find a home in there and as you think about them, they begin to settle into your life, they begin to settle into your heart, they begin to say, oh, it's nice in here, I could stay here. And as you think about these things, they begin to form who you are, like Jesus says. What you allow in your heart determines what you say. So you've got to stop. One of the ways to guard your heart is to guard your thoughts. Did you hear me? You've got to guard those thoughts that come at you. John 10.10 says, the thief comes to steal and to kill and destroy. So he is constantly bringing you things. And 1 Peter 5 verse 8 says that Satan roars, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking, looking, Somebody to gobble up. And how does he do that? He brings things to you. He brings thoughts to you that he hopes that you will grab onto and think about and think about a little bit more, and think about a little bit more and a little bit more, until they begin to find a home in your heart, and they begin to form and shape who you are. Go with me to Second Corinthians chapter 10. We're going to finish up here. 2 Corinthians 10. Uh, It says this. We're human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle That keeps people from knowing God. And we capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. I want to read that to you from the Passion as as well. So hang on a second while I turn here. To guard your heart, you need to guard those thoughts that the enemy brings to you. And he brings thoughts nonstop to us. It says here in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and I'm going to, verse 3, says, For although we live in the natural realm, we don't wage a military campaign employing human weapons, using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture, like prisoners of war, every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the Anointed One. I want to read that again, and as I read that, I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to, I want you to allow this scripture to just wash over you and think about your heart and think about your life right now. says, for although we live in a natural realm, we don't wage a military campaign employing human weapons and using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle... My phone just went black. Can I have that? We don't wage a military campaign employing human weapons, using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture, like prisoners of war, every thought, and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. Come on. Amen. We have to learn as believers, as followers of Jesus, we have to learn to guard our hearts. And the way you guard your hearts, one of the biggest ways you guard your hearts is by, by guarding the thoughts that you allow to think on by guarding the thoughts that you allow to find a home inside of you. And I love how it said that you had to, we arrest those things, we capture those things and we make them bow to the anointed one. It means that we take those thoughts and we say, no, 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 no. I'm not gonna think this thought. I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna wonder why that person said this to me. I'm not gonna wonder why that person didn't say hi to me or they walked up right to me and talked to the person beside me but not to me or I'm not gonna wonder why, why, why I felt this way. I'm not gonna wonder why this person uh, likes every other social media post except for mine. I'm not gonna let those things in there because what happens, if you notice, it said, um, it talked about arrogant attitudes when you allow those things inside of you, you begin to talk them out. You begin to walk them out. And so when these thoughts come to us, we have to guard our heart and say, no. You're gonna submit yourself. You're gonna bow your knee. This is a wrong thought. This is a wrong attitude. This is a wrong belief. And so, what I'm gonna do here is I'm gonna make you submit yourself and bow your knee to the anointed one, the one that is above every other name, Jesus who went and died on the cross and conquered death, hell, and the grave. And so, I'm not gonna allow this junk in my life to form and decide who I am. I'm not gonna speak bad things into my future. I'm gonna begin to speak the word of God over my life. I'm going to begin to speak truth because it says life and death are in the power of the tongue and so I'm going to begin to say what God says about my life about my family, about my marriage about my future, about my destiny about my body, about my emotions I'm going to begin to say what God says about those things and all that other junk that the enemy tries to bring to me I'm going to make it drop to its knees in obedience and surrender to the anointed one Amen Stand up with me here Above all else, guard your heart. Above everything else, protect and keep your heart. Because out of it flow the issues of life. It determines who you are. It determines where you're going. Because you begin to think about it. You begin to talk about it. And the things that you think about and the things that you talk about direct your feet. You know, it's just like throwing a ball. When you throw a ball, where your feet are pointed at is where the ball goes. The things that you allow inside of your heart and that you talk about and you think about direct the path of your feet. Thanks so much for joining us today.